You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. While you were skipping stones, building forts, and flying kites, I was missing school and on my Saturday nights. Other kids were climbing trees and rolling down hills. I was singing songs to pay my family's bills. Little me, growing up Broadway. Little me. Hello, welcome back to Little Me Growing Up Broadway with me, Mark Tuminelli. My guest today made his Broadway debut just a few weeks ago, playing William Miller in the new musical Almost Famous, a role he created in the pre-Broadway run at the Old Globe. He can be seen next year as Kiss legend Gene Simmons in the Neil Bogart biopic Spinning Gold, and as Richie Shepard, the leading role in MGM's film Dark Harvest. He is a Jimmy Award finalist. His latest two self-produced films, Thespians and I Got You, can be seen on YouTube right now. Please welcome the toast of Broadway, Casey Likes. Woo! Woo! How are you, sir? Thank you for being here. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I'm very happy to talk to you about your childhood stardom in Arizona. So, and then of course, this big thing you're doing right now, which is a pretty big deal. So, um, which is almost famous and we're going to talk all about it. So let's go way back. Tell me what three-year-old, it says in your bio, you've been performing since you're three. Tell me what three-year-old Casey Likes was doing that everyone was like, this is a superstar. That's a fantastic question. Um, To me, it seemed like I was just playing with uh, toy trains and, and probably picking my nose, but to everyone else, it seemed like um, something much bigger than that, uh, which was um, a credit to all the people around me that that saw it, because I definitely didn't until till many, many, many years later um, that I could maybe do this for the rest of my life. But basically, the first thing I did was this uh, commercial for Goodwill, and um, it was me playing with toy trains, and I was supposed to tell a story about these toy trains that I had set up. Um, there were also dinosaurs, a part of this train set, as as most train sets have, of course. Um, and when I was telling the story, apparently I was supposed to do it more shy-like, like I was supposed to like kind of passively tell a story, which clearly if you're a good actor, that's not what you're doing. Um, so my three-year-old self decided to look straight into the camera and tell said story. And, uh, and then the next take, the director said, that was great, Casey. Could you maybe not look into the camera when you do it next time? And, uh, as my mom says, that was, uh, the beginning of of it all. And then, and then going forward, I ended up doing a couple more commercials and, uh, I did a show called A Christmas Carol, 
with uh I'm with, familiar. Uh, Tis the season. I got you know, you. yeah, you know, uh the classic. And uh I know your mom was an actress. She was like a Broadway actress, she was in Les Mis. Um, yep. and so uh, what got her to Arizona? How did your life kind of start there? You're well researched, Mark. Thank you. I'm a professional in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, no, she was she was an actor. She was uh she was an actor in, in Les Miserables on Broadway at the Imperial Theater, as well as the national tour. And then um, she did a bunch of other stuff. She went to um, all the Disney parks and performed there and, and the, the cruise ship. And um, she eventually ended up back in Arizona where she had me. And um, we ended up doing that show, A Christmas Carol, that you um, might have heard of. Um, it's a very famous years. production of A Christmas yeah. Carol. Yeah, Yours no. specifically. More, my specifically. <laughs> yes. Actually, it's funny because they wrote original music for it and it still slaps to this day. Like, All right. I don't know why it's not being licensed, but it it was a really dope Christmas Carol. But do they mom, still do it? No, it did. Oh. They, I know everyone needs to to. I don't even know who you. What are. is the name of the theater that used to produce it, or do, are they the still around? Is the theater is under now? So I'm like, uh, who did you even yell at? I don't but, know, but we can we can do a deep dive and figure out who who wrote this thing and get it back. We'll do it on Broadway next season with you. Yes, and I'm you can play all the parts. Tim. Well, I, okay, got it. I will be Tiny Tim again. Great, um, but yeah, the my legendary Cratchit, and that was the first it. time we got to play mom and son. And did you like? take to it instantly? Did you feel like, oh my God, I love going to the theater. Could your mom feel like this was the thing for you? Yeah. Yeah. It, it def, I definitely took to it really, really quickly. Um, I kind of took to most of the things in my career now pretty quickly. Um, because backstage while I was doing the show, which I loved doing, I was also writing and directing short films Great. on VHS camcorders and uh and that was just like crazy to have a whole bunch of actors at my disposal that were way older than me and way better so uh what kind yeah. of things were you writing as a kid that you wanted these people to be in well it was a very important film called power man which okay. has uh if you had followed you know the story of five years i did it over five years. So there are five Power Man movies. I cannot find a single one because they're all on VHS somewhere. But um, I did that with a whole bunch of actors that kind of raised me from a very young age. Oh my God, we need that video footage. It needs to, we need to get it on a streaming platform. I'm I sure know. it's brilliant. It's really good. There's, there is a specific scene I remember um, where I am fighting a villain who is wearing the costume of uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present, and I'm also wielding a lightsaber. Um, riveting, <laughs> riveting stuff. And flying. Someone is is picking me up and flying me down the hallway at this this villain. Okay, so. this is this is wild. So after Power Man, after five years of five movies of Power Man, um, mm -hmm. are we in high school at this point? Where what what's happening? Are where are we going? Five years later, well, five years from from three years old, I'd be okay. Uh, I'd be, yeah, I guess eight years like old, like eight or nine, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, what oh. did I do? Oh, I decided, I decided, I wanted to take a break from acting. You know, okay. I, I at the ripe age of eight years old, I take my break for a couple years, and then make my triumphant return to the stage as Gavroche in Les Misérables at a theater that I would 
come to really, really know and love called Grease Paint Youth Theater. And, and this is where you did Newsies many years later. That's kind yes. of everywhere. Yes. Great. Jesus, Mark, your research is deep. Listen, what am I going to do? Just have you on here and be like, tell me about yourself. Like, that's the lamest ever. I have to know what I'm talking about. Um, anyway. All right. So that kind of sparked your, your resurgence back into the biz. And then it seems like you're quite the star through your high school years. Um, if they say so. I don't know. Tell me what show. I mean, we know that you did this legendary production of Les Mis, which will ultimately change your whole life. But what were what was happening pre-Les Mis? What were your high school shows? Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was really kind of a meta and kind of insane like turn of events that my my mom ended up being my drama teacher many years later. And right. she, she actually taught me theater in high school. And um, we ended up doing a lot of different shows. The first play that I was available to audition for, um, I was a dead body in because Great. I was doing another show at Grease Paint Youth Theater at the same time um, called 13, the musical. And, Familiar. Yeah, yeah, that yes. one. Um, and um, we later did Into the Woods that year. I played Jack in that. Duh. The next year we did um, Bottom of the Lake, which is this play that was like really farcical and awesome. And um, and then what did we do? Oh, Rock of Ages. I was Drew in that. That was Bobby. fun. Great. Um, okay. So the hair with the guy from the movie a little more than Constantine Maroulis. Got it. Which uh, which I'll I'll take it. I mean, I like the movie too. The movie's the movie slaps. It's really fun. So camp, um, so great. It's so camp. Okay, so let's get to Les Mis, which was you know was that your senior year of high school? That was my junior. Oh, junior, and your mom like like you're like Andrew Bart Feldman, and you have like the exact same. You have so <laughs> many similarities. It's like creepy. Just um, except I was it. Andrew's teacher, and were you I really? Was, yeah. Um, what? Yeah, I've known Andrew since he's like seven. He grew up doing. I own a company called Broadway Workshop, and so yeah, I knew and, that. Yeah, so Andrew does all did all my classes and was in all of our shows, and um, I direct his solo show. Hi, hello, audience. I'm Mark Timmel. That's great. Yeah, so I know Andrew really well, and it's so crazy how parallel your stories are with him. Oh, man, yeah, well, I love Andrew. He came the other day to the show, and man, we shared a really great moment. Just like, I mean, him, like complimenting my work was very, very kind to me because he just uh, is obviously such an inspiration to all. And of he us. wouldn't say it if he didn't mean it. So no, that is, yeah, it's, it comes, he's the smartest guy I know. So there you go. Very smart. And I'm glad that he got to see your brilliant performance, which we're getting to. All right. So junior year, does your mom choose Lady Miz for you? She's like, this is what we're going to do. My kid's a star. Well, it's funny because I didn't, um, I, I'm such, I have such a producer mindset and brain. I, I can tell that. I really, really like think about the things outside of the acting as well as the acting. Um, sometimes, I'm, sometimes I'm allowed the chance to just act and, um, but uh, my mind just goes a million miles, uh, miles a minute. So uh, I was thinking we had found, um, we really wanted to do Hairspray um, my junior year. And uh, and I really wanted to do Hairspray, but I didn't want to do it if we didn't have the right people. Fortunately, um, Chandler High is a very diverse um, 
campus and we we did have the right people to do it and and I was really really looking forward to it and uh, I actually um, ended up finding um, uh, this kid that people were telling me about um, named Micah um, who ended up becoming my best friend later and and eventually um, my mom and I saw my godfather in um, the Les Mis national tour his name is Nick Cartel and he was playing Valjean and this was around the time we were discussing what the musical was going to be for the next year. And then we were reminded of our love for Les Miserables. Got it. And I still was sticking strong to Hairspray. But around that time, this is how my mom says it. Not me. But my mom describes it as she felt like I wasn't going to be around for my senior year. That is what she says. Okay. And I was in for a couple shows at the time. I was in for a, a TV show singing. So you comedy. got an agent before you went to the Jimmys. I mean, I had a local agent, but okay. all the stuff was from open calls. Oh, like wow. I started all going right. to open calls for- You're just killing it. Well, yeah, I mean, I just like, I'm just obsessed <laughs> with doing it. So I, I was getting- all the research done of like, where can I drive to easily to be wow. seen by someone? Great. Um, and I was, and, and I started getting callbacks. So my mom really wanted to do Les Mis with me before I was gone for, for good. And man, she made the right call because uh, <laughs> we did Les Mis. Um, it was an experience. The kid who we were going to have play Seaweed ended up playing Javert. So I guess not a bad trade-off. No, it totally worked out. Did it feel super magical doing that with your mother or when you're in yes. it, could you not even feel that? Yes, yeah. Doing that with uh, my mom was really surreal, especially because that production made so much, uh, meant so much to her um, many, many years ago. And I, I, I just felt like it was kind of this really insane clockwork thing um, and it's still happening now. Like I, across the street from the Jacobs Theater where I'm doing Almost Famous now is the Imperial Theater. Yeah. Like now it's just like, and, and then my, my dad and my mom get to come to the theater to see me uh, do it across the street from where they first saw Les Miserables on a school trip many years ago. Yeah, wow. So it's this kind it's of- It's just like a very full circle moment for it's yeah. everything's meant to be the way it's supposed to be, right? Um, so you go to New York, you win you win at the Gamage and you win your uh, your local, whatever the pre-Jimmy thing is. What yeah. was the, those are the Gamage Awards? Is that what they call yeah, them? Yeah, the there? ASU Gamage High School Musical Theater Awards. It's very important that I get that right because they yell at me when I get, get it, it right. <laughs> And Gamage is like the biggest theater. I saw the, the National Tour of Seussical there with Kathy Rigby in 2001. And it's like, it eats itself. It's alive. Like, it's just the largest theater space I can remember ever being in. Um, and I'm sure it's a wild experience to get to perform there in high school and then win that regional award that brings you to New York to do the Jimmies. Yeah. As a young person doing the Jimmies in 2019, knowing kind of the people who have come out of that, the Kyle Seligs, Andrew, Renee Rapp, do you feel like a thing like this is my big shot or where, where's your head when you're doing something like that? Yeah. You know, I mean, right before they were about to like call the names for who was going to the Jimmy awards, it's this complicated feeling because I had always had this mindset of like, you know what? It'll play out how it's supposed to. 
and you 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 see these amazing people come out of it like Sam and then the literally the year before me Andrew and and you can't help but picture yourself in in those shoes of course like you just want to be in those shoes um but also there's the the double side of it where you're like you know what but if it doesn't happen I have to be okay with myself and I have to have enough belief in myself that I can make it regardless and um and it was so that was that complicated emotion like at the time like I had a feeling that I would be okay um because I was auditioning for other things at the time and and it was going well and I was happy just getting to perform anywhere it didn't need to be on the Minskoff stage yeah. on Broadway but of course they play that compilation video of all the kids like smiling and laughing and having a great time on the Minskoff stage on Broadway and you can't help but really kind of uh want, want yeah want it so and then you I, got it <laughs> yeah i i kind of they had us all turn back and and get applauded by our our schools that were sitting in the rafters and i my eyes just got like teary eyed just kind of thinking about it and and having my school applaud for me which was just like so thrilling and then we turned around and uh they called my friend Sophia's name first, and I couldn't hear my name because people were cheering so loud for her. <laughs> but I look up at the screen, and there's my name, and I'm like, "Wow, okay, so this is this is one of the moments that like things kind of really change." And then you go to New York, and then how surprised were you to be called as a finalist in the the actual Jimmys on Broadway? I mean, that's another one of those moments. I mean, it's really like. Oh, it could be me, but it could be any one of these, all of these amazingly yes. talented young people. Yes. Um, obviously, you're very kids. good, but, oh, you, you know, it's, and I watched your performance last night doing Santa Fe as the, in the finale, and it's truly the best acted version of that song that has ever been, like, you, you sound like a dream, but man, you kill every moment of that. If you've not you seen are. it, it's the, true. The most you're meaningful like, thing you could have said. Thank you. You are so connected. And I was like, oh my God, I feel for Jack Kelly. And this kid's not even like doing the show. He's just singing the song. Like you made oh. it make sense in such a beautiful way um, that like, no offense to Jeremy Jordan, but you you nailed it. Thanks so, so much, Mark. I mean, I just, I, I got to work with Jeremy recently and tell him how much that song uh, meant to me. And, and, and honestly, like, I love that, like, especially with the gorgeous and in my opinion, perfect song like that. Yeah, There's so many different ways you can take it. And, uh, and that was, that was my interpretation. I, that the, the thing that I don't share too often about that song is that that song to me is, is really coming from a place right before the Jimmy's happened. Um, I did that show literally months before the Jimmy's and it came from a place of, I wanted to be out there so bad. Like, I don't know, even know what out there was, but it's like, I love Arizona so much. That's my favorite place in the world. Uh, there's not a crazy amount of, of film, TV and, and theater happening. It's coming back now, which is fantastic, but I, I wanted to, to keep doing it um, anywhere. And, and that song really meant that to me. So I really appreciate you saying that I, acted it well because it, it was it was truly real to me i mean it, it's really an extraordinary performance so you um but you don't win right 
No, no. <laughs> you come for you did win the big prize, actually. Yeah, but I, not I, that I, night. I definitely was pretty fortunate, but I I remember a specific moment, and I I feel like I have to share it here because uh, you you know Andrew and um, Andrew. When, as I walk off stage, um, the finalists are all going off, and we're all in shock. I think I was probably more in shock than anyone else. If you watch the video of my name get being called. I'm, I cannot breathe. And I literally, my mouth is on the floor and everyone else is like, yeah, this is great. I'm like, I am, I literally cannot breathe right now. So that's you getting um, called to be a finalist to say, getting called to be a, yeah. uh, a finalist. And if you don't understand the Jimmy's, I can't explain to, to you here. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, do your research. Exactly. But I, I go off stage and Andrew taps my shoulder as I'm getting prepared to go back on. And he just looks me in the eyes and he just goes, I knew it. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, Andrew Barth Feldman. Like, I just like, this kid is just like, you know, like musical theater royalty before I, I mean, especially to the Jimmy kids, you know, it's yes, like, yes, that's yes. exactly what you want. That's the dream of what could come out of this. And that's exactly, exactly what happened to Andrew and kind of exactly what happened to you. <laughs> Man, and man, was I fortunate. Like, I, I, he, Andrew saw it before even I did, I guess. Like, he just, we, there's a lot of people that saw it before me. And then, um, you know, right before they were about to call who won, I was kind of just backstage and I had this moment where I was like, you know what? Do you want to win? Or is it, it, it another moment like that I was saying? back at Gamage that I had, where it's like, yeah, you really want it, but it's also like, will you be okay with yourself if you don't get it? And do you have a plan? And I kind of got this overwhelming feeling of like, regardless of this, you're gonna be fine. Like you made it way farther than you ever thought you were going to. So like, don't, don't, don't be Icarus, don't fly too close to the sun, just, be thankful with what you have now. And I think you're going to be fine. And man, thank goodness I was fine after that. <laughs> How soon did you get a call about, we're looking for this boy for Almost Famous and we think you're kind of it? A week after. Okay, great. Um, yeah, yes. Yeah, it was like a rough eight days of waiting. I'm just oh, kidding. Oh God, <laughs> when will my life begin, Tangled? Now, when, when is this going to happen, you know? No, no, no. It was, it was really, really fast. It was literally like the Jimmys happened uh, on the plane ride, like literally get, getting on the plane the next day. Um, my current agent reaches out to me and is like, we want to represent you and whatever. So that was like the next day. That was, was like, already a win. Already a win. I was like way more than I was already expecting. And then uh, over the next week, I got uh, called in for um, a few shows and, and Almost Famous was one of them. And that was... Okay. So what did you know about... Do you know the movie going into it? And I'm sure you've answered this question a million times, but um, I know these guys want to hear it. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't know the movie. I literally am a filmmaker. I'm a film buff. And I didn't know the movie, which was really, really wild to me. So I finally watched it uh, right before I went in for my audition. And I was like, wow, yeah, this is a good movie. And I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope my audition, like, n let alone if I get the project or not, like, I just hope the audition serves the piece well, because it's, it's really good. Could you get a sense from them that they were like, 
this kid's it? Um, no. I mean, other than the fact that I made it to the end with all the callbacks, like that's, that's a good sign for sure. But like, I really, the only like person that didn't have a poker face about the whole thing was Cameron. Um, when I met Cameron Crowe the next day, if you don't know Cameron Crowe, the author of the, the, um, the movie, the, the and movie won, and the musical and the musical and <laughs> won an Oscar, I guess. Um, I guess he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Um, I meet him on my second callback or my, my first callback actually. And, um, and he really, really, really vibed with me. Um, and you're playing him. So yeah. it's important that he vibes with you. I guess it is. I guess it is. But also part of my mind was thinking, oh man, maybe he's just a really good director and he just knows how to like get, get cool with people. And like, he knows how to like, just like build that bond fast, which he is, he's, he's that as well. But little did I know that like what we were experiencing in that first callback together was a genuine um, connection. What do you remember about them like actually telling you you booked it? Um, I remember sitting down at the Hotel Edison Diner. I had done um, two callbacks that day, um, one for a show called The Outsiders and one for a show called Almost Famous. Um, and... Uh, and I was sitting down at the Hotel Edison Diner with my mom, who had eaten there every single day before her production of Les Miserables. That's amazing. Um, eating matzo ball soup, the same meal that's, she ate. That's where you get there. Yep. <laughs> and and we were eating the matzo ball soup, and I get the call. Um, and, um, and then they said, we want you to be um, William Miller in Almost Famous in, in San Diego and on Broadway. And, wow. Yeah. And who was the first person you called? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I think I called my grandparents first because my mom was already there and my grandparents were taking care of my sister. So I got to talk to all of three of them. And then I might have called, uh, I might have called uh, that friend of mine, Micah. That's amazing. But I, I can't exactly remember. Did and your I, mom lose her mind? Like yes. just to be with you for that? Yeah. Yes. I mean, we were just crying. Like how how full circle and how sentimental can can I be? With oh my all, God! It's full just like moments. you are you're out of control with your full circleness. Yeah. All right, so we have to talk about the COVID of it all because I cannot imagine the stress that a young person would feel. You're what seventeen when you get this, or you're, yeah, right? And that you're going to have this big moment. You're going to the Old Globe, and then you're going to Broadway, and then the whole world closes. Um, you guys were going to go into the marquee, right? Wasn't that the original plan? They had a few different plans. We've had a lot of plans. You've had a lot of plans. There's been a lot of like lighting the match, but not lighting the candle on the show. And I, I imagine- We're yeah. supposed to go in spring and then, um, and then we were supposed to go in summer and then we were supposed to go in fall. That was all of 2020. Yeah. And our final word was that we were going in the fall. And um, that basically obviously ended. Did not happen, yeah. Very quickly. Um, did you feel like it wouldn't come in? Did you feel like they'd want to replace you with someone younger? Like, talk to me about that sort of thing that goes through a young person's head in this business where yeah. it's like you're running against the clock a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely those are the thoughts that I had um, for sure. Um, what I what I the only saving grace I had was that the guy that I replaced in the show um, 
who left for a, a different TV project. Um, the guy who I replaced was was much older than me. Got it. And, um, and I still am not the age he was when he played the role before me. So uh, I still so you felt okay. I felt I felt that was the only saving grace. However, I still was like okay, but I am literally getting like older than the role at this point, like way older. Um, and you know, you're, you're thinking like, do I, am I going to look the same? Is my voice going to be the same? Like I played this role when I literally was still like developing like, like, been in I, high school. Yeah. yeah. And I'm still obviously still developing, but it's just like, this is like, that was a crazy stroke of luck that happened back then. And I hope that I can keep it up for the next few years. And fortunately I did because, uh, man, I'm still here. And here you are. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Um, take me back to a few weeks ago. You finally have your opening night on Broadway after a long preview process, which I'm sure was stressful and had so many ups and downs. But now you're here. You're doing the thing. It's happening. You're making your Broadway debut. Tell me about that day. Tell me about that night. Yeah. We want to hear it all. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was, it, it kind of really, really snuck up on me. I mean, you wait for this thing for I mean, specifically with this project, three years, but if we're talking about in an unspecific sense, you know, your whole life, like yeah. we all, if you're in theater, you know, you dream about your opening night of Broadway, no matter what position you're in, whether you're an actor, whether you're in the crew or, or you're a designer, whatever you, you dream about that opening night on Broadway. And really genuinely, I just, it just snuck up on me. We were working so hard. It was every single day and and we made it there and I was like I cannot believe I'm in this really fancy outfit right now on a red carpet right now and this this is the thing like the celebrities are going to be here in like 30 minutes and we're really going to open the show after 3 years of working on the show and 17 years of of doing this um, so yeah, it was a very surreal and, and unbelievable experience. And I got to bring my family on the red carpet with me, which, uh, was 
unbelievable. Like I just wanted that picture and yeah. thank goodness to Bruce Glickus, um, one of the Shout best out to Bruce. around. And he got me a great shot of my family and my 101 year old, uh, great one year old grandmother, grandma. right? Yes. I saw the video, your Broadway.com blog, where you come out of your apartment and they're like waiting for you. It's just very sweet. And I was like, to have your great grandmother yeah. see you star on Broadway is like, who can say that? Yeah. She, she remembers, she, she remembers saying to, uh, my mom because she had, she had seen my mom on tour and, um, maybe on Broadway. I can't remember, but I remember her saying to my mom when we were doing that production of Christmas Carol, uh, way, way back that she, she regretted that she would never be around to be able to see me be on Broadway. Oh. And she makes it. She I don't even, I don't normally cry on my own podcast, but I'm feeling, I, I feel for you. That's like the most incredible thing I've ever heard. Isn't that powerful? Like, it's really like special. all of the moments, like my dad getting to be there, my mom getting to be there, my great grandma, my grandparents who literally were there through the whole process of, of this show and like getting me to the rehearsals and all that stuff. And then, and then my sister who like, we've been through everything together. It was such it's amazing. Remarkable. Day. You are very good in this. And I am not just saying this because you're doing this podcast. I watched that show and I was like, this kid is extraordinary. Like you are a brilliant actor. You're an incredible singer and your connection with everybody, whether you have two lines with them or major scenes is so powerful and electric. And it's something that you're very, you're bringing to this that I don't know anyone else could. Um, and it's, you're really dynamic in the show. And I hope that you get all the Tonys and all the things. Um, but I want to know a little bit about creating him for the stage and how uh, you sort of found your way in. Wow. I I don't know if you know how much I needed that, Mark. Oh, well, so, I, mean, I mean it. You're remarkably good in this. Thank you so much. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's a, a very... I was just talking to someone the other day. I was like, people who are in the industry, like recognizing your work, I think really, really means um, so, so much to you. Um, but that's, yeah, besides the point. Thank you very much, Mark. And I'll, I'll answer your question now. So, <laughs> so you can do your job. But uh, um, yeah, it, 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 was really, um, it was really a process. I mean, when you're 17 years old and you've never done anything but like roles that you could probably find bootlegs of online, you, you really don't know how to, how to create anything. Um, and I really, really loved the movie. I loved Patrick Fugit. I thought he was He's exactly what that yes. movie needed. And I thought he, he really, really served that film brilliantly. And um, what we found is that I, I was a little too in love with his performance okay. um, at the very beginning of rehearsals. And, and they kept giving me the note to smile more. I'm like, but Patrick doesn't smile that much. Like he's wide-eyed and he's deer in headlights. Like that's a big part of the character. And, and you know, what, what they were trying to do was not even really to get me to smile more. It was really to get me to find my own William. And, and the conversation then became, why are you watching and studying Patrick? when it, well, this is how I interpreted it. This is not what they said, but yeah. I interpreted it. We're, we're Why are you watching studying Patrick when Cameron is in the room and this is who it's based on? So 
then the entire sh- the entire approach to the character shift and that's when my agency as a young actor started to come in with creation and i started basically creating something that was between me and cameron and hopefully more on cameron's side um and uh, then than mine so so we ended up getting a lot of lunches and dinners and i got to know him really well and specifically the way he makes people feel like like you were saying um the energy and the connection i have to have with other people i i interact with every single yeah. person in the show at least once i can pinpoint every single interaction with everyone and all of those connections have to be authentic and each one of those people needs to be affected by william because that's how cameron is in in real life i mean if you go see the show he often is there he'll be back in a week I he just that. left last week and he was like oh man i'm going to miss the show i'm like when are you coming back two weeks okay <laughs> so i'll see you in two weeks cameron and uh he but when he talks to people in the audience they leave the show and feel like they were the only person cameron talked to that night and that is what william is like william is this embodiment of like pure love for what he does he's a he's a tried and true journalist that just wants to learn about people and wants to also experience life in in the meantime and i imagine you connect with that as like a writer and a producer and a director and an actor all of those time. things are the same big time it, the big word is empathy you know and i think that word gets lost a lot in in a art form that is entirely because of empathy you know like um whether it be other actors whether it be other creatives whether it be critics whether it be whatever the word empathy is lost because it's like we if once we choose to not understand other people and and their scenarios then like we just lose all track of humanity and like william is the embodiment of like the understanding of people and humanity and and just like what other people could be going through while you're also like going through something. I mean it's like a lovely lesson and you don't really think of the show like that but then all of a sudden that's what you take away from it of yeah. you know we see the show through your eyes. So your experience of these connections with these people, your experience growing up on stage every night, you know, seeing a boy become a man essentially yeah. um is you know it's like something that you feel in the audience and that is such a credit to you and also your incredible co-stars. You have an unbelievable group of people you get to play with sort of every night, Drew and Talia and Chris and uh, Anika. Um tell me about working with these people who I know Soleil is making her Broadway debut and I know her as well, but these other people have been doing this forever. Yeah. Um how have they helped you? How have you uh, navigated that? Well, that's that's kind of like where me and William combined that's the biggest piece of of us that are that is the same and it's that the first callback i the i had with solea i did a reading with her and i came in and i knew who she was and i said i am a big fan of your work before we started <laughs> reading which looking back on it could have really not been the right thing to say like especially if like she's method or whatever like i i i could have messed up things right there but i i needed to say that to her as i do with anyone walking down the street that is maybe the <laughs> third cover in the longest running show in the world i still know who they are 
That's um, so good. I'm just a fan. So I walk in first day of rehearsals and really, really um, excited to meet Drew, Gerard, uh, Canonico, um, Van Hughes, um, Libby Winters, the, a lot of actors that I just like knew their work forever. And uh, I come in and I'm wearing a Playbill backpack, <laughs> which has a whole bunch of Playbills and they're all pointing it out. And they're like, I was in that show. And I'm like, I know. I know. That's like, that's the thing. So it's honestly just been like, it's been such a meta experience, kind of like really living William's life, like meeting your heroes, um, knowing, realizing that they're people, um, and then working for with them for the next three years. And and I'm still fans of them to this day. They're That's just all fabulous. so present and so fantastic in the show. Yeah, and they're killing it. Tell me about um, vocal health, because this is an enormous sing for a young vocalist or really any singer. Um, have you had a lot of help in that area? I mean, it just sounds, your voice is spectacular, but you really sound like you're, navigating it so beautifully and you could do this 16 times a week. I don't know how anyone could do it once. So talk to me about that. Wow. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, they, I, I've started taking from a coach in Arizona called Craig, Craig Baumler. And, um, he was a lifelong friend, um, who actually worked on a Christmas Carol with me way back in the day. And very uh, famous Christmas Carol. Hey, Christmas Carol is a this is a big through line of this yes. of life, clearly. That and Les Miserables. But, uh, but yeah, Craig, Craig really helped me out and kind of set me on the right path. And then once I joined Almost Famous, they, they got me with a gal named Joan Later. Of course. Um, who is Broadway royalty. Yes. And she really, really, really has saved me. And the other night, maybe, maybe she'd be mad at me for saying this, but she came to the show and I was, I don't, I don't get, the word nervous is not a word I use often. It's usually just excitement. Um, but man, I was nervous for Joan later to come because she, <laughs> she really runs a tight ship and she's, she won't lie to you, you know? So I was nervous for her to see the show. And she texts me, of course. She's like, can't wait to see the show tonight. And I'm like, okay, well, okay, here are the nerves. And I see her afterwards. And but as soon as I see her face, I can't even say hi to her. I just was like... Joan, I, I can, I, there's more to work on. I know like there's still more stuff I can do. And she goes, no, you, that was, you did a great job. That's and then amazing. she gave me a hug and she said, I'm so proud of you. And that was, that was like the, the best thing that could have possibly happened. So <laughs> thank goodness to the people who have uh, helped me like Joan and Craig get me to this place. Do you feel of this level of pressure being like, you are the star of the show. You are, you have last bow. You are basically the, the owner of the, you're the CEO of almost famous. Um, mm -hmm. Do you feel any of that pressure? And is being a young person, is that hard? Or do you, are you letting that completely onto the other people? I mean, I think you can't really think about it. I mean, maybe some people do, but like, I think what's great is that like, they did get me when I was 17 and I literally like did not clock that I was like the lead of this show until honestly, when we started rehearsals this time around, like I, I think because like I was just trying to do the work. Like I didn't really have time to think like a week into San Diego rehearsals. They were like, okay, so you should probably be off book in the next couple of days. And I was like, I, I just watched the movie last week. Like, 
You know, it's a it's a really fast process. So you're just playing catch up. But finally, we had done the show for so long that I was able to take a step back and go, oh wow, I guess I guess I'm an important part of the show. I guess, like, <laughs> yes. you know, and um, and even still, like, it's so much bigger than me. You know, you you just you go on stage every night and people applaud for the entrances of icons on the stage with you. And my job in this show is to be, you know, their opposite. And yeah. is just to like let them do their work and then hopefully in the meantime I can tell my story. And when 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 you don't think about it too much, I think it becomes a lot easier because uh, it is way bigger than me, and and it would be selfish of me to act like it was just about me. I mean, you are a hundred percent living your dream. You'll have a Broadway cast recording, which will hopefully be out soon, so people can like listen to this music and hear you In sing March. it. I know that's so thrilling, and that must feel like as a theater kid to be on an original cast album has to feel like checking the most enormous box ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, so many people never get to see shows, but that cast album will live on for a million years. And that is that is such a thrill. Um, How does this experience measure up to the way you imagined it as a little kid? Oh, wow. What a great question, Mark. Thank you. I'm very good at this. I know you are. Gosh, (laughs) come on, Mark. Um, Wow. I would say that it was everything that I imagined it could be and more. I I really like, there's not a single moment I can think of that I was like, oh, this is different. I mean, I mean, the only thing that's different is you just never know, you never know like how normal it is sometimes. Like how normal it is to be on a stage and like we're waiting in tech and then someone makes like, a fart joke or like, or like, it's, or, it's your school play on crack is what I always yes, like to say. To like it, yeah. I think that's genuinely it. Like there isn't this like separation from what you've always done. The only difference now is that it's for a few more people this, this time yeah. and a few more people write about it. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it's like, we still show up, we still do the show. We still, um, are stupid people sometimes <laughs> backstage and yeah. and yeah I don't know I dig it but like it's also been glamorous and it's also been all the things that I always wanted it to be like having a stylist for opening night like that's so something like yeah you know, it feels like out of body like you're in a, yeah. you're you're like shooting a movie about being a, a TV star or something yeah. Like, yeah yeah and then like people wanting to I think what's been so exciting and why I thank you so much for having me on this Mark is that like getting to have people be interested in your story. I mean, that's like, that's something that is so personal to me. Like I'm not from New York. I'm not from LA. I'm not from a place that really even like is extremely privileged in the sense of like getting, like not a lot of people come out from Chandler, Arizona and do like Broadway. Yeah. Um, I think so it's it, not lost on you that it's so special. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's really special to be here and to have people like interested in like where I'm from. 
Like that's I cool. also feel like you're about to be a very big movie star, which is must feel crazy. Like you've oh, shot this big movie, Spinning Gold, and you're playing like you're playing Gene Simmons, like you're a big part in this movie. Um, and it looks and it's very in line with Almost Famous in so many ways, which is also must feel like I've been living this rock star thing on yeah. camera. Now I'm doing it on Broadway. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very wild, right? I know it is so surreal. I, I at least I know the references. <laughs> which is great because they, they'll quiz you, you know, when you're on set, they're like, you don't even know what, you don't, you, you don't even know any Kiss music or you don't even know CSNY or whatever. And and I'm like, trust what me. I do, like, trust me, I've lived the life for th- at least three years now. Um, That movie is coming out in March. Yeah, it's coming March 31st. Are you so excited? I am so thrilled. I mean, it's like this, this movie has that it, it should get its own documentary. I mean, it's like the making of that film was such a ride. They've tried to get that mo- movie made for so long. And I kind of came on late in the process. Um, and man, I was just really, really glad to be a part of the ride. And I'm glad it's finally coming out. Oh my God. It looks great. So I'm sure you can't talk too much about it, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy for the world to see it and get to see you in another big movie. And then you have this horror movie, dark harvest coming out. Um, you like are in a, you're like a big star. It like happened. You know, I, I, I mean, we'll see like time will tell, but I I appreciate you saying that, but like, man, the pandemic was like a horrible thing. And also, you know, like you make the most out of, and yet you made a few movies, you wrote your own stuff that you got done that we can watch on YouTube now. Um, are you going to be doing a lot more writing and producing of your own stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I got some tricks on my sleeve. I'm sure you do. I'm working on, but yeah. Well, I just feel like 2023 is like your year. You'll have these movies. You'll have this Broadway show running and God knows what else you'll create like overnight between today and tomorrow. Um, It's really, and then your birthday, happy birthday, baby Jesus on December 25th, back to Christmas Carol. You'll be, you'll be at 22. Is that what happens now to you? I'll be 21. Oh my God. You're only 20 now. Only 20 now. Oh my God. You're see, this is what happens growing up Broadway. Um, and look at you smart, young, fabulous. Um, all right. We have to do quick fire questions because I need to let you rest because it's your day off. Are you ready? Yes. Just don't overthink it. If people overthink it, they kill the whole game. All right. What was your first audition song? Oh, uh, gosh, I don't even remember. Oh, probably where is love from Oliver. Great. Standard classic. First Broadway show you saw? Beautiful, the Carol King musical. What is your go to album for a car trip? Ooh, maybe Channel Orange, Frank Ocean. Do you, you listen to music in your dressing room? Yes. Anything in anything specifically? Uh, Frank is, of course, on that soundtrack. Uh, I've been getting into Kendrick recently. Lizzie McAlpine is fantastic. Uh, Look, he really knows about music, people. And then, and then also from the time we have the Eagles, we have Fleetwood, yes. we have Elton John. Yeah, those are those are intense. Who were you most starstruck to meet at your opening? Um, I mean Joni Mitchell the first yeah. time she came because she came back in San Diego and then she came back. Wow, for opening on Broadway, so that was surreal. Uh. I didn't get to meet Paul Rudd, but I was pretty starstruck he was there. All right. Well, he'll come back. Um, Tell us one thing uh, you can tell us about Cameron Crowe. Um, The best person in the room. Have you seen Leah Michelle in Funny Girl? No, I have not. 
You got to get yourself there. It's unbelievable. Um, all right. Favorite, favorite role you played in high school? Valjean in Les Miserables. Who would you like to have come see you in Almost Famous who hasn't yet? A million and one people. I mean, uh, I really need to meet Olivia Rodrigo. Um, of course, Ariana Grande, like, come on. Like, All right. Really you ready for the next generation of icons. Yeah. And um, then also Will Ferrell, because I played him as a kid. And I, I saw really that. Need him. I really need him to come and I want to meet him again. All right. Will Ferrell's coming. Um, how stunning is Soleil Pfeiffer on a scale of one to 10? 11 being the only acceptable answer. 11? Like, what Jeez, is I mean, have you ever seen anyone better looking? I'm just no. like, you are the most gorgeous human. Yeah. And then she, oh. like, sings in my face and spits in it, like, every single night. And There I'm you like, go. True love. Um, what's the most memorable performance you've ever seen? <sighs> wow. Uh, man. Um, if we're talking about musical theater, I really enjoyed Jeremy Jordan in Newsies. I mean, that's singing. Um, all right. Can you name two real housewives? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I should, though. No, I you don't. Don't be a garbage person like me. Just just focus on your music documentaries or whatever. Um, <laughs> what is your favorite song to sing if no one's home? Or just favorite song to sing in general? Um, I like Vienna by Billy Joel. Yes. Yeah. Um, I just saw him. You've seen him at the Garden ever? No, but I need to. You like absolutely have to. It is, it's really exciting. Yeah. All right. What advice do you have for young performers? Like if, if you ever feel like you were good enough, um, you should probably keep working. I mean, that's just my, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of intense, but like, I just like never, never stop. Like, it's always like, when can I get into a vocal coach? When can I work on my dancing? When can I do this? Blah, 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 blah. Like, just always improving, especially now. I love it. Um, what does Casey like most about being on Broadway? See, Casey, Casey likes. Get Casey that. likes. Casey like. Um, <laughs> well, Casey like um, the people. I mean, yeah, I'm getting sure. to meet these people that I've been fans of forever and getting to work with them and call them my peers is like the most thrilling part about it. It's really exciting. I think huge, huge things are happening for you. Tell the people where they can follow you and see uh, you and Almost Famous and also like know what's up with you. At just Casey Likes on all platforms. Um, just is in the name. So Got it. And make sure you buy your tickets to Almost Famous at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater on Broadway. Um, you're doing eight shows a week, huh? That's a killer. Yeah, man. Wow. So thankful. I mean, regardless of, of how dead my body is by the end of it, I'm just thankful to be there. Well, you're brilliant in it. Everyone needs to see it. Casey, thank you so much for taking this time today. We, I loved getting to chat with you and hear your story. And uh, I just, I just know that like major, major things are already happening, but bigger things are on the horizon. Oh, Mark, thank you. If that's even possible. I just don't even know how that's possible, but uh, you're, you're amazing. And thank you all for listening to the Homie Growing Up Broadway. Make sure you go leave us a nice review. Tell your friends and follow us on Instagram at Little Me Podcast. Casey, have a great day off. Happy almost birthday, 21. Don't get, yes, thank don't you. get crazy. Now, you got to figure out what your drink of choice is. I got a show the next day, so okay. I will not be. But so, maybe New Year's. Yes. All right. Two drink maximum. Um, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Thank you, listeners. This podcast is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and the Broadway Podcast Network, and edited by Derek Gunther. 
For more information on the Little Me podcast, go to bpn.fm slash little me. And follow me on Instagram at Mark Tuminelli or on Twitter at That Tuminelli. And for more information on workshops, classes, and everything Broadway Workshop, go to broadwayworkshop.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.